0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Faith Food Podcast. I'm your host, Mano David. Jesus emphasized that man should not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So come join me as I share biblical truths and treasures as we study the word of God together. God is persistent in His pursuit of us. His everlasting love is always consistent. 1 John 4.19 says, We love because He loved us first. If God didn't pursue us first, we would not be in a place to offer our pursuit of Him every single day. In today's episode, we dive into Jeremiah chapter 16. The nation of Judah has been heading towards God's judgment because of their disobedience. And as this chapter lays out what they will be going through, through the words of Jeremiah, God also speaks of the cause for it. But as we read these words from God, we see a picture of his pursuit in light of years of disobedience from them. God didn't give up on them. What a picture of grace, forgiveness, and love. If you have your Bibles with you, I encourage you to open to Jeremiah 16 and follow along. Reading through Jeremiah can often draw most of our focus to the inevitable judgment that God has to bring on Judah because of their sinful ways. But interspersed within the words from God to Jeremiah, we also get to see aspects of God and his heart for his people. We see a God who does not ignore sin. Now we as people are sinful by nature. We don't have to venture far from the beginning of Scripture, from Genesis 3, to know that man has fallen short and sinned, and therefore separated from God. Scripture reminds us that we will be held accountable for our actions, and our choices do bear an eternal consequence. God, in His great mercy, made a way for us to be reconciled to Him. God took upon Himself the ultimate price to make a way for us to be saved, that is through the blood of Jesus in light of the ultimate price jesus paid for us how should we live romans 12 verse 1 tells us that we are to live as living sacrifices living a life that reflects christ and brings him glory comes with a price to pay in the now which is sacrificing our earthly fleshly desires so that there can be more of god and less of ourselves within us We also get to see a merciful God. We see in Jeremiah 16, the prophet having to hear from God to remain unwed and childless. Chapter 16, verses 1 to read, Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, You must not marry and have sons or daughters in this place. The reason for this command is simple. God is sparing Jeremiah from another decree God has made which was, since all the sons, daughters, mothers, and fathers will die a grievous death. Now, sometimes God withholds things from his people, not to deny a desire, but to spare them from a sorrow that would come about if they had to have that thing in their lives. God knows what is best for us. When God says no, then he has a very sound reason for declining that request. Now, if we suppose like, most others, Jeremiah had the desire in him to be wed and enjoy the blessings of both marriage and parenthood. Yet, it was a sacrifice he was called to make in light of the call of God on his life. Now, we often want to live out what Romans 12 1 tells us to as living sacrifices, but when it comes time to translate that into reality, oftentimes comfort or self can win. So how do we live such lives? It begins with a purposeful pursuit of God, not neglecting His Word and time sitting at His feet. Now this forms the crux of our pursuit of Him, which then pours into all areas of our life. God renews us from within. The work that He does in us is a change that begins from within and is reflected in the fruit that can be seen by all. But we also know that even though our faith is placed in him. We are not without sin. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 says that if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Now as God's children, some of the consequences we experience is discipline designed to guide us back with God. God disciplines us for our own good in order that we may share in his holiness. And we see that in Hebrews 12, verse 10. Now, back to chapter 12, I mean 16 in Jeremiah. In verses 5 and 8, we also read God tell Jeremiah to refrain from joining the people in mourning or feasting. Now, for Jeremiah, it would have felt like a self-imposed exile from his community. Further, adding to his lonely walk and also in some ways, making it more difficult to be removed from people in such a way and yet want them to listen to his words. And probably it also led to further angering some of the people against him when he kind of removed himself from society uh, that way. Now Jeremiah had to let go of that which God commanded. He kept God's will above his own desires God is merciful. He wanted the people to repent and he would restore them in return. He loves the sinner, but he does not ignore sinful behavior. In walking the righteous path, maybe we have to let go of something that God is asking us to. It may be difficult, but let not self-desires when resulting in putting distance between you and God. Now, we also get to see God who is not obscure with what he expects of the people. In Jeremiah 16, we read God say that when the people ask you, that is Jeremiah, why God has decreed such a disaster on us, what wrong have we done? It was because they forsook him. They followed and served and worshipped other gods and not the Lord alone. Now we see God repeatedly point out the specific reason behind his decision. He does not want the people to assume it as coincidence or just bad luck. What they endure will be because his favor is no longer upon them. We should read that in verse 13 of chapter 16. And the reason for the clarity is so that the people would repent, that they would know without doubt why this was happening to them, why God's hand was removed from over them. Now with clarity, we know the way to be restored to God. Jesus said in John 14 verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Scripture with clarity also teaches us that we cannot serve two masters. We do that in Matthew 6.24. The Israelites went after other gods. What are we in pursuit of? What are we bending the knee to when it comes to our worship? We worship that which we regard and believe in. Is that money, work, your image, your assets? What in your life comes before God? Psalm 119 verse 2 says, Blessed are those who seek... him with all their heart. When we are truly seeking God with all our heart, our hearts are aligned to him and so are our desires. Genuinely seeking God causes our desires, delight and pursuit to be nothing else but God and everything else finds its right position and perspective. Now in these verses we also get to see a God who pursues. We get to see a God who does not give up on those that he calls his, now God has been speaking to the Israelites since their fathers turned away from Him. In chapter sixteen, verse eleven, God says, "Your fathers forsake Me," and God continues to say in verse twelve, "But you have behaved more wickedly than your fathers. See how each of you is following the stubbornness of his evil heart instead of obeying Me." God does not give up on you or me because we have been struggling with sin in our lives. If we look at Peter, At his moment of fear and weakness, he denied Jesus. Did Jesus give up on him? No, he did not. And he is the same with us. When we are not walking right with God, we can harbour the notion that God's ardour for us cools down a bit. But in truth, it does not. We move away from him when we sin. So we do not always feel that intimacy as we should. Now in the story of the prodigal son, The son was not sure how the father would respond when he wanted to go back to him. Now the son was disconnected from the father and therefore he could not sense and feel the father's love for him. And it's the same way for us. We do not sense our heavenly father's love for us when we have moved away from him. How does the prodigal son's father respond when he sees his son coming back? He does not just put up with his son upon his return. He runs to him embraces him and restores him to his rightful place as his child what a beautiful picture of grace forgiveness and love and that is who God is so let's remember that let not guilt or shame keep you from turning to God he is calling you he wants you to turn back to him and to come back to him and restore that relationship and he's just waiting on you now we also see a God who's faithful Even when his people repeatedly falter in following him, God has remained faithful. You know, interspersed with the consequences of the sin is the promise of restoration of the people. We see that in verse 15 of this chapter. Now, the people of Israel had other things that drew their focus and worship from God. Similarly, there are many distractions for us that tempt us to turn our back on God. We might not necessarily entirely turn from him, but there might be aspects of a life, of our life, that we have kept turned away from him, kept from entirely surrendering to God. Now, those areas that even when his voice calls us or convicts us, we end up remaining stubborn and turned away from God in that, in those areas. Now, by doing so, we are keeping his light from shining in those areas. Turn to him, face him entirely. Let his light shine on every area of your life and through you to others. Let's not leave room for the enemy's darkness to harbor, but let us give it all to God. God is where our hope is found. His voice is calling you to accept him, to submit to him, to lay your burdens on him. Follow him with delight, purpose, obedience, and a servant heart. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you have taken something from today's episode beyond the few minutes as we spent together and carry it forward into your daily spiritual walk. Until next time, stay rooted and grounded in the word of God. Bye.